Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit forgedeatery.com. To the truth in this art and we are back with a uh, new installment that's uh, in partnership with the waterfront partnership of baltimore and we're doing a retrospective on baltimore by baltimore and today i have the producer curator musician community activist you know all of the things please welcome todd marcus welcome to the podcast good to be here with you and get a chance to connect as always Yes, I mean, we're back after what? We, we, we did an interview back in, what, April or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And Talking about jazz and all kinds of different things. A little Star Trek in there, too. <laughs> there might be some Star Trek bits in here. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So you were the producer for the a Harmony of Jazz Community and Art event from Baltimore by Baltimore. We're less than a week removed at this point. Yeah. Today is Thursday we're recording on, and the event was this past Saturday. And it was, it was a beautiful thing, and it was a chance for me to have this opportunity as one of the curators this year to bring my work as a jazz musician into a lineup of jazz performers for the whole day. But then a whole lot more than that was folding in the other parts of my life as a community person, as an activist, uh, from where I live in West Baltimore along Pennsylvania Avenue. And I'm part of the nonprofit intersection of change. And so all that work that I, in those relationships, it was this was a really interesting opportunity where I was able to bring in a lot of those relationships as well. So for example, in between the sets of the different jazz performances, I had dancers in yeah. the front of the stage. 
some, like for example, uh, the, the woman, Terry Towns, who teaches line dance at our Juilliard Arts program, and she did a couple of sets. Brene Ali, uh, a colleague of mine who does tap dance. Um, C.J. Phillips from uh, Dancing Be More, yeah. who we knew from years ago as uh, recipients of a, a Baker Artist Award, and we served on the board of the Greater Baltimore Cultural Alliance. And then all these artists like that came in and did booths, uh, Youth in Business, um, Strength to Love 2, and then different artists and food trucks. So it was it was just this fun, rare kind of opportunity where I got to bring in all these different relationships and parts of my life, community and music, yeah. and finish together with the amazing, wonderful folks at Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore, yeah. who are amazing. And, and, and that's, that's dope, and thank you again for inviting me. I was one of those folks that was over, I was, yeah. trying, to, I was trying to anchor things down, just trying to be in the community, and I, I think, and I know rather, in doing these sort of retrospectives and being involved in the, the first two years of Baltimore by Baltimore and being able to do things I haven't done before. Like last year, I, around for the November one, I got on stage. I just hopped on stage and I was just trying to riff. And I was like, this is not something that I do. Or even in this interview series, on a podcast on a boat? What? You know, that's the thing. And and we're here in this, this rash field, the, the Overlook area. So you'll hear skateboarders, you'll hear people volleyballing it up. I don't know if that's a thing, but we're out here in the community. And I think that aligns with Baltimore by Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you, you're, you touched on a bit of like essentially like bringing your your interests all of them into the the curation process um, and who you were reaching out to this past weekend so you know like where do you see your work going after an event like this like all right this is what I want to do next this is exposure for these great acts these these great vendors I mean the food truck situation I didn't get a cheesesteak but you know I got dude's number we're gonna mm -hmm. chat it up I need a mm -hmm. cheesesteak I need one Getting me hungry now, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, this was a year, this summer was kind of like my festival curator summer in a way because of doing this event. And then before that, earlier, um, beginning of July, I had organized an event in my neighborhood on Pennsylvania Avenue, which essentially became a festival, <coughs> a festival to celebrate two of our elders in the arts community, Barbara and Carl Grubbs who is uh, an arts educator, and, and, and Carl is a saxophonist, jazz saxophonist. And so that ended up being uh, just similar kind of like coordinating a million people, getting the food, getting the tents, running the piano. And so to your question about kind of what would be next, well, you know, for me, continuing the things that are my staples, performing in town, out of town, trying to get in more as much touring as possible. Um, two weeks from now, I'll be in Spain at a performing arts conference, trying to establish more uh, opportunity for my work in Europe and abroad. But I think that doing this Baltimore by Baltimore really had me thinking, yeah, maybe there could be some more opportunities to be kind of a curator and a presenter as well. And I've done that in ways at venues over the years. Uh, just the past year I had a venue down on uh, Redwood Street called Werner's Diner. Yeah. And uh, they did music for a year and I was curating that and having line up all the different musicians and different places where I've done that. So it's it's fun because it's it's not just being an artist clawing and fighting your way for opportunity, 
but giving opportunity to fellow artists, which is it's, that's that community building and those that relationship nurturing and and meeting people, uh, working with people you know, meeting new people yeah. as well too. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's uh, one of the things that's really important. You know, as I was touching on, like when you first reached out to me you know about being involved mm -hmm. i was just like all right i'm not interesting i was like i interview a lot of interesting people <laughs> but i'm just a guy and i was thinking like what's the value what 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 would the, what the value be and i thought like Robley and friends like bringing on folks like hey usually you have these different opportunities that charge you a weird fee that have right. this sort of gatekeeper mechanism and i was like i got into a relationship you know that you and i had in doing this interview and you know, having similar visions of what we want right. to do for baltimore and um i was like how can i pay this forward how can i like have other folks come through and be able to show their stuff so i had um, michelle from big improv um, mm -hmm. post up and you know Leanna and Michelle ended up chop, chopping it up about maybe doing some improv thing in the future for B by B. Yeah. So, you know, that's what it is, is everybody is one step away from the next person. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's why we call it Small Tomorrow, because that's so <laughs> much at play here. And uh, and that's why, like, when I was thinking about people that want to feature, obviously we had connected. First, I had been listening to your series for several years, and then you reached out and invited me to be on. And then when I was thinking about, okay, who are interesting people that are doing stuff, whether they're artists or vendors, or I was like, man, maybe Rob would be interested in this. I mean, I see how he would want to present it, but just for more people to know about you, for uh, for the, the, the community building, and so I was glad that you were getting to do it. Absolutely. And then, of course, then I learned that you already had this interconnectedness <laughs> with Waterfront Partnership where you were doing the interviews, so it just it, it reinforces these kind of relationships. It aligns, and, you know, so I, I want to I step back a little bit um, because, one, I, and I always say it, Baltimore by Baltimore, I think that's a very intentional thing. Yeah. And, you know, having this model, like, how did you feel about sort of this model when they initially approached you? Like, hey, we're going to, you know, like, t we're, we're going to do this. You, you may be aware of it from the previous year, but we're giving, you know, out these opportunities for folks to kind of, like, show their Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that sort of initial conversation and some of the feelings that you had and ultimately from what your vision was initially to like how it like turned out. Well, Leanna Wetmore, who is one of the two key people along with Melody Thomas from Waterfront Partnership that I worked with on this event, she was the one that reached out to me originally about this and maybe it was early in the year and I remember having a couple conversations and she was talking about the event and how it's structured and the intentionality of it and it, it's definitely kind of an interesting unique approach where you have a large entity that is then hiring these curators and uh, you know versus say maybe an artscape where BOPA is doing all the logistic work, they're selecting all the artists, artists would apply, right? So this was a different thing that I thought was really interesting. And getting further in, I started realizing why Leanna in that initial conversation had wanted to talk with me so long and, and ask me the questions that she did, because I realized she was really trying to see, okay, with a limited number of curators, she wanted to see, I think, that somebody really had the community kind of mind on, on, on their ability and, and passion to utilize different relationships and, and bring a diverse offering 
to the event. So, so that was kind of, I, I, it didn't, I didn't really understand the full impact and scope of it at that beginning. Sure. But as we started then getting in, and then there was a photo shoot to do some <laughs> promo for, um, for it early on, and then, you know, I'm an introvert, man. So like here I'm at like a photo shoot, and then like some folks I knew, some I didn't, and so it just started seeing though. This, this kind of intentionality of the promotion of it, of bringing people together. They had another event where they got anyone that was interested of us curators to uh, have a chance to go on a little sailing ride through the harbor. Yeah. And, and it was nice because it gave, uh, it gave me this chance to be talking with not just the fellow curators from this year, but those from last year too. And so it was a chance for me, I, I picked the brains of a lot of different, uh, of the colleagues who, uh, said, hey, here's some things that work well for me. Um, and even just like up to this summer, I did a performance in um, one of the Porch concert series at a bassist, Eddie Rybeck, who actually performed with the Baltimore School for the Arts, his students. And um, so he had hired me for one of his um, porch concerts that he does throughout the city. Yeah. And I was doing that performance in uh, um, off of Howard Street, and a, a woman came out. Uh, Yesenia Herrera, yeah. who was one of the curators for this year, yes. so it was great because like I had seen her at the photo shoot. We hadn't talked a whole lot then, but we had a little more time, and she was. I was saying, hey, what what have you learned? Because she had just done hers. Right. I'd come down and check it out, and so I was asking like, what recommendations do you have? She gave me a ton of great ideas, and so yeah, I really like that that familial aspect, that collegial aspect of it, where it's it from the beginning to then how it evolved and, and, and built and grew until the actual day that all these things just really, like you said, bear out the, the intentionality of that name, Baltimore by Baltimore, in yeah. several different ways. And so as, as the one, I want to throw this in there right now, it's funny, you know, as a, I, I think I'm a shy extrovert. <laughs> and so as an introvert, being there in a photo shoot with Larry What Up, who is definitely right. an extrovert. I was right. like, you are a cartoon character, <laughs> yeah. sir. And, you know, when I was talking last year, uh, I was just like posted up some on the table thing. And Larry was like, yo, Rob, get on stage. I was like, sure. You told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't, I listen to the club guys. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Um, so in, in having, in having that set up, like, you know, going into it, you know, had, had the plan and, you know, these are the folks I want to work with. These are the folks I want to invite. This is what I'm seeing. Like for me, I have to at least visualize whatever the thing is I'm doing, especially something sort of the scope and the scale, because the numbers were pretty big and we had a lot of traffic that was going to be down there despite weather stuff. Um, on that, that Saturday, you know, we had the Orioles playoff game. Right. We, we had a concert. We had like 7,000 festivals. Yeah. And um, then we had people protesting on the other side. It was a lot of different foot traffic for different reasons down there. You were cool as a cucumber when I pulled up. I'm good. Yeah, you were like, eh, meet these people, meet those <laughs> people. So, so tell me about that, like, you know, leading into it. When does the pressure come on for you? Well, I think when we caught up, when you arrived, that was a moment where, I mean, the event started at noon, mm -hmm. and I had gotten here around 9.30. You know, some of the Waterfront Partners folks, they had been there since, I don't know, 7 or maybe even earlier. They sent me a, a Melody's text me a, a picture of the stage, and so I know they were out there super early. 
But yeah, I mean, preparation of course, and then actually that period when I saw you, that was actually the 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 slowest or the most relaxed point because <laughs> at that point I actually had the most time that whole day where I could just go around and I made sure to greet all of the the artists and vendors that came. Yeah. And then even when, when we saw each other, we greet each other, but then I had that chance to go around and introduce you to everybody. And so that was one of the, the, the most fun parts of the day for me because I wasn't in stress mode then once the programming started and I'm worrying about making sure everybody, you know, is going well with their timing and the stage and the sound and, the, and, and all this stuff. That part, I mean, that was cool too, but um, that was a little more intense with... I mean, I had one point where I was able to go grab some food and had, from uh, 3J's and got some shrimp and, and some fish and chips. Yeah. But yeah, it moved pretty fast. I mean, it was a long what, 12, 13, 14 hours and it moved by real fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, initially when I was sitting there just like waiting for uh, Michelle to pull up and I was, you know, chopping it up with uh, the folks from uh, Black Arts District, mm -hmm. I was just there. I don't know. I would think so, but I I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of new to the area. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh -huh. That's good. So um, yeah, I was over there with the folks from like uh, Black Arts District, and we're we're just kind of chopping it up. So initially, you know, we had like sort of the weather and all of that stuff, and that initial run, I'm like. All right, what do, what do we got, guys? What's going to happen? Because I see everyone set up. Everyone has, like, the right energy going in. And as soon as the sun came up, because I, I was almost always calling it. I was mm. like, there's the sun. The sun is here. And then people just started, like, like pulling up and walking by and, and hanging out. It, it, it felt like, and that's the way I pitched it to folks when I was inviting folks to come down and hang out, of, like, you know, I'm, I know that I'm going to be here for X amount of time. But really... It's a, it's a really chill thing, just be in a community, be a part of this, see what this thing is. That's what it was for me. So when you, be, when you first became aware of B by B, how was it presented to you? It was presented that it was uh, an opportunity to be a curator and, um, and that it was this focus on a festival basically at the Inner Harbor and trying to get uh, 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 you know, intentionally get people out there and it being in between these two pavilions that were the, the, the heart of the Inner Harbor for decades, right? And now since, since this second season of Baltimore by Baltimore has been in place, we've now heard MCB Real Estate share that they do intend that both of those will be knocked down. So, you know, it was presented to me that it was something just to to really intentionally celebrate Baltimore and get people uh, out and together, and and I think also just to to further um, kind of counter just a lot of the negative stereotypes that people have about us and our city, and and have good things going on. So that was that was my understanding of it. And then, like we were talking about earlier, started getting in more and and just got to see the the intimacy of it. And I came out to, I think, almost all of them. Yeah. Because, you know, I wanted to see how my fellow curators were approaching it. I wanted to be there and support them. Um, I think there was one that I was out of town on tour, but the others I was able to make it to. And it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, putting on this, like, I'm a snob, right? I'm a snob when it comes to <laughs> podcasts. If, if I hear, like, a weird podcast, it's like, I don't know if I got it, bro. Um, 
so for, for you as, as a musician or what have you, tell me about sort of like figuring out like who's going to be a part of the lineup. Who, what, what are the who are the musicians you want to reach out to from from that standpoint? Because you know we we we, we know about your you know sort of diverse background mm. and various interests, right? But it's like the music is that thing that's like right there. Yeah. So someone's like, all right, everything else was cool. I don't know, I would have chose this musician or that yeah. musician. What was the, the thought process that went into, I need to have this sort of group represented or this musician or this style of music uh, represented? I mean, it was pretty simple on that front. It was just, it always stems from I wanted to be high quality. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, you know, you have high standards as a podcaster, same thing for me as a musician. I know what the, the, the high level of music is and so, I, I was sure to have that guide who I reached out to. And there were some folks that I reached out to that uh, that I loved their work and they were not available. Sure. And so, um, but you know, we got, we've got a lot of amazing jazz musicians in Baltimore right now. It's, it's a really healthy time period where both just as, as far as the number of venues that we actually have, well, it's not a, a ton, but it's the healthiest the scene has been in decades. And more and more people are coming from other places New York, a lot of folks are moving from New York. I, I've met a few folks coming from like the Midwest and and people are making Baltimore home. And so it was nice that I was able to have people that have been long time on the scene here in Baltimore. Some people um, that have more recently like moved, like uh, Mark Carey, long time fixture in New York and still present in New York. Yeah. Pianist, but, um, but now he and his wife and the family, they live here in Baltimore. And I had hardly seen him because of, uh, he, he played it pretty cautious during the pandemic. And, and so when I reached out to him about this, I was really happy. Originally, he was going to be on tour in Switzerland, yeah. and then that got uh, cut a couple days, so he was able to do it. So to have him, another person that recently moved in town, do I need to pause on that? That, hel that uh, helicopter really does pick up. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing where, and this will all be cut out, but it's a very interesting thing where when you're out there, you get some of the sounds of it, and it's like, how do you trim down the sounds but keep it in there? Because you want yeah. that thing that feels yeah. real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was great that Mark was uh, interested in it and available to do it. Another person from out of town that a few years ago moved to Baltimore was the flautist, Andrea Brockfeld. And uh, so we were to feature her, and, and each of them had uh, more so musicians. Uh, fellow musicians from Baltimore as well. Uh, one of them brought a bassist down from New York, but who's got roots in the area. Of course, the Baltimore Jazz Collective, is, as the name implies, is very much focused on, on us here. And then, you know, so you got established folks, but then I wanted to make sure for that diversity, you also had some of the up and coming folks. And so the Baltimore School for the Arts yeah. have a big band. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Rybeck, the bass player, leads that. And I reached out to him, and he was interested. And um, he didn't think originally that the big band would be able to do it because he said usually this is earlier in the year, and it takes some time before the kids like are comfortable. And I got a bunch of freshmen coming in, and they got together and they got up and they they, they got uh, did a beautiful job and and saw how people 
and the audience really loved that. So it made me feel good that, you know, yeah, I could have just done a full lineup of professionals, but having some of our kids in there too was was really well received. And then we had uh, Peabody. I had a group from Peabody uh, of grad students that came and, and played beautifully as well. So. That was my, my uh, approach. Make sure it's high quality all the way across, um, but also have a, a diversity within that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I definitely you know, relate to that, as you, you touched on earlier. And I would imagine for some of the uh, some of the folks, especially with BSA, you know, this might be the first time someone's performing in front of a, a group like yeah. that. And you know, a lot of times when I'm doing these interviews, I'll have folks say, "This is my first podcast." And I'm like, "Oh, I hope I didn't screw up." I, I feel like Richard Pryor at the beginning. Like, <laughs> I hope I'm funny or whatever. Um, so let's see. Um, so I'm wearing like you know many hats as you, you touched on. You know, ED of um, intersection of change, uh, community leader, jazz artist. How taking like sort of all of that background and there's so many other ones in there but those are the three that are like top of mind how did all of those sort of prepare you for the things that could be expected in addition to you know you know talking to your fellow like curators and your fellow producers how did like some of those things kind of like prepare you would it be like one or two things like all right i know what this looks like i need to be prepared in this way this is good for the community but might not be good for the a smaller community or what have you tell me about some of those those sort of thoughts that went well, into that i think as far as what would be good for the community i didn't feel pressure about that because i feel like between the work that I do as a musician yeah. and my community work at Intersection of Change, I feel pretty confident about the quality of all those relationships and the, and the quality of the music and, and the partners. And so for me, it just was this joy of being able to feature everybody. When it came down to other things like logistics of pulling all together, I think that's an area too where, I mean, as uh, uh, someone that's a band leader and is used to organizing, booking shows, coordinating tours, putting our itineraries together, doing festivals. In my work at Intersection of Change as uh, executive director, just being uh, an administrator and a manager, I feel like those are good organizational skills that serve me well. Um, but then, you know, you asked about like some specific things that went into it. Uh, I was talking about how I ran into Yasenia yeah. uh, a couple months ago, and I was asking her, what recommendations do you have? What advice do you have? And um, and she's talked about how she had put, she had used a Google, uh, Google form yeah. for, for some aspects to make sure that everybody had the information. I thought, I like that. There's a, there's, a, there's a good thing because I'm always trying to see how can I work smarter rather than harder. And I know that there's a ton of work, a ton of logistics and details that goes into something like this. And so I put that Google form together. Like, here's, here's the date. I understand, I, I, my, this is my name and your name. I understand that this, this is the date, yes or no. <laughs> uh, the parking is here, I understand, yes or no. <laughs> My Instagram handle is, you know, so it's like everything was there and then it dumped it into a, a, a folder with all the data so that I, because I needed to coordinate that with Waterfront Partnership Team because they needed it for all that amazing part, uh, uh, promotion they do. They like did all these amazing photos and flyers and social media yeah. and so being organized with that so that to the day of, when it came to the day of or leading up to that, I can minimize the amount of folks, hey Todd, so what about this or that? <laughs> hey, 
Just check the document. It's you, all there. It's right it's there, all baby. There. Yeah. I mean, when I when I got it, I was just like, all right, we're good. I got everything in right. it. I got every answer. I, I felt like I was talking to the Todd bot. You know, because it was just like zero, one, yes or no. It's like, are you a robot? Uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it's important. I think events like this and having something that's spread out over multiple months with multiple voices involved, I think. I think that I think that just works, frankly. And not even in doing this, like, you know, I tend to shoot straight. You know, I think that that idea reflects more than just one idea of what Baltimore is. Oh, I yeah. think it shows it in a way. And for folks who wouldn't be privy, right, of sort of the jazz scene, as you were touching on, that it's healthy. It's healthier than it's been in a couple of decades, right? Folks might not even know that. Yeah. Like, my dad is, is a fan of jazz. He wouldn't have known that. He's like, oh, word? Let me go. Let me hit down to the inner harbor. Let me check out the waterfront. So, what do you like hope? You know, as far as like you know, impact. Like what people like really took out of being able to pull up to check out and be there for basically your slice of how you see Baltimore and you know the different partners over the course of like seven to eight hours. It's a nice, nice time. Yeah. Well, I mean. If people came out and spent that whole time, then that would be beautiful, and we hope that they just loved the music and checked out and enjoyed all the art and supported the vendors. And if people were just walking by and just had 15 minutes and 10, uh, 20 minutes, whatever, and just stumbled across it and it brought joy. And Waterfront Partnership has been really great about sharing the photographs from the event. And so that just came in the other day and I was looking at it and they have pictures of all the performances, but then they also were very intentional to have pictures of audience members. Yeah. And you know, you see that smiles on faces and people just having a good time. I mean, and that was me, all the dates that I came down to see my colleagues that were, were curating. So. So that's that's the I think the the takeaway from it that that we're we're highlighting the talent that we have here in Baltimore, doing it through a whole season, mm -hmm. so it wasn't just like a one-time thing and then it's over. It, I think it helped support itself by having these several different months and the momentum that built throughout the whole season, us as uh, the different curators supporting each other, spreading the word, cross-promoting. And then just having these days, then when it all comes together, and and highlighting the like we said earlier, the, the beauty and the wonderful things that we have here in Baltimore, and making sure that people are are, are checking it out and aware of that, and that, that that is what they start thinking about, and not let it always be that oh Baltimore, oh yeah, is it like the wire? Like let's get away from the wire. Like yeah, okay, that's a that's a part of our challenges, no doubt about it, but. Let's talk about the whole picture. Yeah, that's, and that's what it's about. Like, um, and, I, and I'll say this in terms of the pictures. I had my picture taken so many times there as a vendor. I was like, yo, I don't have a press kit. Can I Can I get those? Like, no, but I, I think definitely. Well, and that's the, thing, yeah. that's the thing is that all those photos, I'm going to be sending those out later this week. So you're going to have all these great high-quality oh, yeah. photos. And everybody that was there is now going to have this benefit, not only have been being uh, there and participating as a vendor, as a performer, but now going to have all this great PR content yeah. that you can use ongoing. So yeah, that's I some mean, good intentionality from Waterfront Partnership and how they approach this. Yeah, I, I think really just having folks that are involved, that have a perspective and have been around, and I, I would imagine their background is we've done a lot of different things, have been to festivals, have yeah. been to events, and kind of know what works, what they like, and so on. 
So for you, and I, and I got one more question after this. So for you, when you were looking at like, all right, now that I have some time removed, is there a, a festival or an event, you know, since this is your curator summer, right? Is there a festival or an event that you were like, you know what, I want some of that stuff from this event to be in my event. I want some of the thinking or the ideas from that to show up in mine. I think it would be exciting to see Artscape adopt some of this strategy. I think it would be a beautiful thing. I think it would fold into, I think, what's the heart and nature of Artscape about being a Baltimore event and festival. And I think, I think there could be a way they could take some of the work off of BOPA, which has the massiveness of putting on a major festival, has, as we've been all tracking in the news these past couple of years, has been diminished in kind of staffing capacity or whatever, and so that could be, I think it's a beautiful model to see there. But like any, any other festival too, it's just, it's an authentic way of, of really focusing on people that are in the artistic community, <laughs> people in the artistic community and building on those relationships. <laughs> Baltimore. <laughs> no, you had to know when you brought your bike down that someone was going to borrow it. Hell yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, having having that sort of mix of, and I and I think that's what I mean when I say that the the name is not unintentional. Right. You know, there, you know, there are certain places that the it's a band-aid move of we're going to bring in some folks that are out of town and not take advantage of sort of the creative economy that's here. And I think it's important to be able to do that to, yeah, sure, bring in a headliner or what have you, if that's something, but make that connection, do the storytelling around it, but really highlight folks that are here. It's a small city, it's not huge, right. but we have so many talented folks here, and I think that's what Baltimore by Baltimore does a really good thing of doing by allowing the producer, the curator to cook. Yeah, and I think that just on a financial level too, it's a smart move because the money that went into uh, the, the event and for me as a curator, the budget they gave me to work with, that money's going right back into our Baltimore community in the hands of our performing artists, our vendors, and then they're making revenues, you know, uh, selling all their, their things and spreading the word. So smart, smart approach. I mean, I was able to sell a t-shirt, so I'm happy about that. Like one of those, you know, the truth our t-shirts. Did you, did you have, did you sign people up for the podcast? Um, no, but I had a lot of my postcards, so a lot of people had like my stuff or what have you. I don't do a mailing list, but not yet. Just, what? Yeah, it's not a, not a thing I've done with that yet. One man show, man, I don't have to tell you. Come on, man, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get that in place. I gotta get that Google form. <laughs> there you go. Um, so be before we go into these rapid fire questions, even on here we get rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, I want to get your like final thoughts on you know your experience with with B by B. Anything that you feel like we didn't like touch on, and then the uh, previous questions, and then we'll go into some rapid fire questions. I feel like we covered everything. Wonderful folks at Waterfront Partnership, and good strategy, thoughtfulness, good detail-oriented people that know how to do events and and work with others and bringing people together. So I, I feel like we, we've covered that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's super legit. So with it, you know, we can move into some rapid fire questions. This is always my favorite part. Rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I changed this. This question was something different. It was, uh, it was a, it, initially it was like favorite jazz musician and that just doesn't work for me. It's, it's a mm -hmm. tough question. 
But aside from their music, right? Mm. Favorite jazz personality. It doesn't have to even be a musician. It could just be like, you know what? This person always was rocking for jazz, like generally speaking. You know, like always giving folks platform. But they had a they had a personality. Like Miles Davis comes to mind as a personality. Mm. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh celebrate one of the musicians that was part of this. Sure. I'm going to focus on trumpeter, educator, community activist Sean Jones, who performed as part of the Jazz Collective. And I want to give him props because he's an example of someone that moved from out of town to be part of our Baltimore scene. He leads the department at Peabody, uh, an amazing, amazing trumpeter. And I think just more so than most other folks I know is also equally committed to building community. Yeah. And you see the success of that with how he's built the, part, the department at Peabody with their jazz program there for undergrad and grad level and his intentionality of uh, incorporating and including just different community organizations and people and coming in and getting to know folks. So so that's going to be my that's going to be my uh, my answer. Okay. I like it. You made it like all connect, so I like it. Yeah. Unlike my, my beard, but it all connects. I like it. <laughs> um, so I, I get into like getting different details from books. I'm reading this book about failure right now, which I'm getting a lot of insight out of. Is there a, a book, whether it be from the community work standpoint, from the jazz standpoint, or just from like being in Baltimore it, that comes to mind that has really impacted your work? It's better than the favorite book question. It's like, no, no, is there a book that you've gotten a lot of, out of, but it may not be your favorite per se, but it's something you've gotten a lot out of. Mm. I'm going to think on that one. Yeah, let's, let's hold on. Let's, we'll, we'll revisit. Um, single, what's the single word? The word that comes to mind when you think of the Baltimore arts, culture, or specifically the jazz scene? What's that one word that comes to mind when you think of it? I'd say rich. I think it's a, a rich scene with a lot of the different people and talents. And I think about the Baker Artist Awards that got started maybe 15 years ago. And uh, it highlights the artistic community here and the way that they approach it is that artists can create their own profile and then be considered for these different financial awards that they give. And I remember when I started applying for that, and then I would go and look at the, this this um, website where it would kind of randomize and take you through all these different artists that had submitted and had profiles. And it was people from musicians to painters to sculptors to playwrights. And it really had me thinking, wow, you know, we've got a lot going on here. And we're a small city, 600,000 people, but we've got a lot of talented people. And you don't necessarily always know about it. So I think we've got a richness. That's good. So. This is the last one. We're going to go back to that book one. So, you know, keep, keep mm -hmm. the thinking cap on. Um, what's that piece of advice you would give for someone who's who's up and coming, who's musically inclined or or creative, but really invested in sort of the community component of Baltimore? What is that one piece of advice you would want to give someone that fits that? I would say be sure to work on your craft, but also work on the business side of your work, too. Is one thing that we cultivate learn to play your horn or do your podcast or make your painting or your t-shirts. But we're in this day and age where we got to be on top of the business side as well, making sure we got our website together, our promotional materials, our, our email list, right? So um, 
we're in this time where it's great you've got all these ways that we can take control of our own destiny with these promotional tools, social media, all this kind of stuff. Um, but there's been a, a loss of a lot of the gatekeepers that used to be uh, the institutions. And there's good and bad with that, right? Uh, there's good as you can create your own thing, but the bad is, is that there's not a lot of those same opportunities that there were before, those record labels or those record stores or, or, or what have you. So, yeah, for us to be on top of not just our craft, but on, uh, on top of the business too. Okay, that's good. You know what? I'm going to switch out that leadership book question. I well, think I, I got. I, th I thought of my answer now. Okay. But right. uh, but I'll, I'll take a, 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 an alternative as well if you want. I would say that for me, uh, kind of impactful as far as leadership and commitment and history. There's there's a, a, a series of three books on Martin Luther King Jr. that uh, an author named Taylor Branch did probably like 25 years ago. And reading those to me was really significant because I mean it started it started looking at like the civil rights movement back with Vernon Johns, you know, like not just like with the, the, the 50s, but going back into um, uh, Philip Randolph and the Porter's Association, right? And, and how things were organized and, and just kind of like going chronologically, narratively through it and to me, I think when you asked me a question earlier about some of my, what are some of my strengths that come in to do an event like this, it's the, it's the artistic side, but it's also the, the logistic side. And when you're reading about that and seeing how a whole movement was birthed and, and furthered and the ups and downs and challenges, I feel like that's the takeaways, whether it's in my community work, through the, the, the struggles of like trying to keep our work going, trying to keep ourselves funded, seeing our, our challenges in our neighborhood, whether it's someone getting shot or just like our, the, uh, the, the poor housing or what have you, our education stuff. That's the kind of stuff that for me always I come back to like, let's just keep on grinding, let's keep on pushing because this, it's, this is really hard stuff and others have done it before and let's just, let's stay committed. That's good, it's good to take from that. So the, the replacement question I had, because I think you'll like this. Okay. Uh, Give me your favorite Star Trek-related quote. Star Trek-related quote? Yeah. You have the bridge number one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, and I think that's a good spot for us to kind of wrap it. I think we've, 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 we've won this round, if you will. So um, You're always winning every round, though. When do you not win around? That, that's the that's the way that this game works. I don't have to tell you. I didn't make it. Well, maybe I did. Um, so with that, one, I want to thank you for coming on and you know taking the time. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to share where folks can check you out. Check out the work that you're doing. Social media website. The floor is yours. Thank you. So for my music work, visit toddmarcusjazz.com, and from there you can go to all my social medias and and albums and email lists. We hope that you'll sign up for the email <laughs> list. And for my community work, go to intersectionofchange.org and you can see the work that we're doing in West Baltimore on Pennsylvania Avenue, specifically with our Martha's Place program, our Jubilee Arts program, and our Strength to Love 2 program. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Tard Marcus, who came on. You're a uh, 
You're a producer for Baltimore by Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to again thank the Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community. All caps in that last part. You just got to look for it.